Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, the third physical therapy, medical analyst, fantasypoints.com. Gracias por tus once again. This is a relatively special edition. The second episode of the Injury Prone Podcast that usually doesn't exist, but here we are. There are a lot of gray injury situations, a lot of backfield injuries to monitor. And so I figured I'd jump on and try to provide some more context, clarity, and foundation to help you make better decisions because week 13 is of course an important week right before playoffs start. Most playoffs begin in week 15. So let's not waste any time. Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Follow, uh, subscribe to the newsletter pinned at the top of my profile at FBInjuryDoc and share the podcast. I think a lot of people don't know I have a podcast. It's probably because I shamelessly plug it not often enough. Share the podcast if you think this is helpful, especially this specific episode. Consider it your free football package of course everything i write is over at fantasypoints.com so we'll start with the pittsburgh backfield so it's kind of in a cluster f we know for a fact now that Najee harris was not at practice on wednesday he has an abdomen injury not to get too far into the weeds because you could argue and medical professionals do argue the difference between a groin strain versus a core muscle injury uh, versus an adductor strain because they all attach at very similar levels. Your abdomen muscles, uh, a, a lot of them, they attach down at the pubic bone, a little bone on the front of your pelvis. A lot of them go and they attach there your abdomen muscles. Uh, in addition, you also have a lot of muscles in the leg, the upper leg that attach at that exact same area. So the term abdomen or even groin or core muscle is extremely elusive unless we have the specific diagnosis in front of us, which we of course don't. All you need to know is that an abdomen injury could be a groin strain, which could be a core muscle injury, which could be a couple of different things. They're all extremely similar. No, they're not the same. And they are managed differently from a care perspective, but from an injury perspective, we have to look at this from a big picture as a soft tissue strain. Long story short, if we're looking at an adductor injury, if we're looking at a an injury to a muscle that attaches from the leg to the pubic bone, or even a core muscle injury, uh, a groin or an abdomen strain of a muscle, what you're looking at typically is anywhere between one to three weeks of missed time. The statistics are a little funky, but basically there's a 95% chance Najee Harris misses somewhere between one and three weeks. So I wouldn't plan on having him this week, which of course takes us to Jalen Warren. What is going on Jalen Warren? Jalen Warren in 2019 had a hamstring strain. We're going to assume that this hamstring strain that he sustained prior to week 12 is a recurrence because there's a decent chance that's the case. So Jalen Warren sat out in week 12 Now he's told reporters that the doctors have cleared him and I have no doubt that the doctors did their due diligence and I'm sure that everything is, is buttoned up and tidy up. That's not what I'm questioning. What I will say now is if we look at skill players from 2016 through 2019, who sustained a hamstring strain and averaged at least 8.9 half PPR points per game in their first week back from the hamstring strain, 58% of the sample, they scored 69% or less of their seasonal average and half PPR points. So again, more than half of the sample 
saw a production dip of about 30%. Now, 0% of the sample, and this is where it's super important, 0% of the sample, literally none of these players in this sample scored between 70 and 88% of their seasonal average. So it's a massive gap. Here's the last part. 42% of the sample, they scored 89% or better of their seasonal average. So I know that's a lot to take in. You might have to rewind and listen again. So basically what this is saying is that 58% of these people are going to see at least a 30% drop and 42% are going to see less than 11% of a drop. And it's very unlikely that they're going to hit somewhere in the middle, their median. Why? Here's why. In the NFL, in that same sample, we observed, and there's pretty good data to back this up otherwise from other sources, not just myself. There is about a 20% recurrence rate in hamstring strains. The numbers are also off the charts if you start counting recurrences that happened in the same season. So, of that 20% pie of recurrences after a hamstring strain, 20% of them happened in the first week back from an injury. So what am I saying with all this? I'm saying if Najee Harris is officially inactive, out, you definitely start Jalen Warren in most situations. What I'm not saying is to go overweight or overboard. And what I'm what I'm not saying is put him in it everywhere in cash lineups. I think that's a suboptimal move. Understand that the second move that comes with this is if you missed out on Jalen Warren, go and grab Benny Snell. There's a chance that he might contribute anyway as a secondary back. But if Jalen Warren goes down, then Najee Harris is down again next week. As we know, he could miss up to three games at least. Then you have Benny Snell, league winner, Benny Snell. Probably not actually league winner. But that's where we're at. I know that caught a little bit confusing. Confusing. I can't speak English. Just understand what I'm saying here is that as of now, it doesn't seem like Najee Harris is going to go. Jalen Warren is coming off his own hamstring strain that he missed one game for. In the first game back from a hamstring strain, skill players are at the highest risk for a recurrence rate. So you should be ready for Jalen Warren to unfortunately, potentially re-injure the hamstring, or he can go off for you. Really, he's he's more than he's more than likely not gonna have somewhere in the middle. He's either gonna have a really good day or he's gonna bust whatever you consider a bust. I wouldn't consider a re-injury a bust necessarily, but this should lead you to adding more Benny Snell. He might still be out there on some of your waiver wires. So I think that's what's going to go on with the Pittsburgh backfield. Moving on to the San Francisco backfield, even more of a headache. We have Christian McCaffrey sitting out. I explained before the device that he was wearing uh, on his knee in week 12 was a patellar tendonitis, whatever you want to call it. Tendonitis is technically a tendinopathy uh, on his knee, uh, a brace. And essentially, it helps to relieve some pressure going on at the knee. This is a very similar injury to what DK Metcalf had, except it seems to be the non-traumatic type. This happens. Anterior knee pain is super common. We see it all the time in rehab and PT. It can be painful. Typically, you can press through it. And this would make sense if Christian McCaffrey was having thigh tightness in week four, when everybody had our little freak out in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the quad muscles obviously lead down and attach and they become the patellar tendon. So if he's having quad tightness, you know, a, a minor strain, this could be leading to some of that uh, patellar tendon pain. He's not practicing Wednesday. Don't 
worry about that so much just because Christian McCaffrey sat out on Wednesday six times while he was in Carolina pretty much every week before he got traded. That is not a big issue. That is not a big red flag on its own sitting out on a Wednesday. He doesn't even have to practice at all. And typically what you need for these injuries is to rest them. You need to rehab them. A lot of heavy isometrics, um, a lot of mobility, potentially some soft tissue work at other regions to make it feel better. And you allow that inflammation to come down if there is inflammation. So will we see Christian McCaffrey? As of now, I'm confident, relatively confident that we will see him. But I will say there's a slight risk that he sits as of now. So that means it is Jordan Mason season. And even if you don't roster CMC, you should go see if Jordan Mason is still out under waiver wires. Um, even if, and if you do roster CMC, you definitely should go get Jordan Mason and understand that the shenanigans can ensue at any point. But as of now, I am relatively confident Christian McCaffrey plays, although he might see a worsened workload, I guess a, a lessened workload moving forward. Jacksonville backfield. So I talked about Travis Etienne pretty much at length on the last episode. And a lot of the analysis that went into him and into his situation was he was probable to return. He didn't have a boot on after the presser. He said he was going to come back. All the contextual factors that we know based around the injury. On top of that, we don't even know if this was actually the left foot, the previous list rank injury he had. We don't actually know if that's the case. So Doug Peterson has come out and said that he's confident and optimistic, I should say. That's what Doug Peterson said. He's optimistic Travis Etienne will play. Uh, he did participate in the walkthrough today. He might be listed as limited. But Travis Etienne, in a very similar way that we could have this conversation about Justin Fields, despite his health, despite Travis Etienne's health, there's a chance that they decide to sit him anyway and are extra conservative. So the moral of the story here is we're going to have to monitor Travis Etienne's practice reports, and we're really going to have to pay attention to Sunday inactives. There is a chance Etienne practices, he gets through the week, we assume he's going to play, and they don't play him anyway, just given the specific circumstances. He's a part of their future. They're not going anywhere. They don't need to rush anything. Doug Peterson doesn't necessarily have the cleanest track record on being honest about players' health. There's This whole situation is just something to monitor, something to be ready for. If you need to plug in, say, a Jalen Warren, because Travis Etienne sits... Uh, that's something that should be on your radar. Typically, like I mentioned before, a large chunk, a big percentage of players running back specifically who deal with this quote foot injury or are on the injury report with a foot issue, a big chunk of them, more than half of them actually miss zero to one games. So to be conservative, there's a chance Jacksonville sits at the end, but if not, you should fire him up with relative confidence. What to expect from Leonard Fournette and Jamar Chase along with Mike Williams and Joe Mixon. Lenny dealing with a hit pointer. This is could be a potential deep bone bruise, something that takes quite a while to feel better. Lenny was able to practice in a limited capacity last week, and so hopefully he can continue to get that hip moving and, and play uh, just for his own health's sake. But there's a chance that this is something that will continue to limit him in practice. And if he doesn't feel confident taking contact, then that's going to be an issue. If he is active... He still will be volatile and he might see a reduced workload because those hit pointers specifically are an issue of taking contact and pain tolerance. So if Lenny is out there, understand that for cash purposes and DFS, 
he is not a safe option. He wasn't a safe option anyway, but this probably takes him off the table. This injury takes him off the table as even uh, a tournament play. So something to watch with Leonard Fournette. And of course, Jamar Chase, if he's active, start him. That's really all I have to say about that one. You live with it. Mike Williams, I am not starting Mike Williams unless I absolutely have to. I want to see that he's healthy. Uh, they might give him yet another week and not bring him back until week 14. We'll see what happens. But Mike Williams is really just, you know, break glass in case of emergency. These high ankle sprains tend to linger. Um, and hopefully he can get back to normal. Joe Mixon looks like he's on track to play according to uh, some reports that are out there. Concussion protocol isn't linear. So it seems like he's got plenty of time to clear the protocol. Keep in mind the first game back in, in a similar way to hamstring strains, uh, concussions can recur. And if this took Mixon two weeks to get over, clinically, it's going to be about a month until we really see him 100% fully resolved. That's just based on data and research. So make sure you keep an eye on Joe Mixon and don't drop Samaji Pirine just yet. Hopefully that provided some clarity, some data, some stats to help you make a better informed decision on your injuries. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Thanks again for your questions.